0: right, let's get into the Word. Father, we just want to come before you again, God, with thanksgiving and humility and grace, and we thank you that we get to come together. And Lord, oh, thank you for showing up. <laughs> um, we showed up, and and then you one-upped uh, us, God, so thank you. We love you. Thank you. I have your way. Uh, speak through your servants today, and speak through your Word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, friends, we're on letter five of seven, getting right along. Um, these have um, been obviously... Typically, uh, more words that are a little bit more stronger because Jesus wrote these letters to the churches uh, to bring encouragement, but then also he had a, a rebuke for all of them except for two churches, so five out of the seven get rebuked. And today, Sardis does receive a correction, so we're going we're gonna to see what that looks like and kind of break that down and how, does that, how is that ap- applicable to us today. So again, I just want to remind you that... The book of Revelation isn't a revelation of the church, it's not a revelation of the Antichrist, it's not a revelation of the end times, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. So the, the amazing thing in the book of Revelation is in, through the Gospels we see him, we see him as the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and then in the book of, of Revelation we see him as the conquering lion. Right, he he conquered he conquered the cross, he conquered death, and then he, now he's conquering the enemies of God, and so, <laughs> right, like he's conquering the enemies of God, <laughs> he is, There's, he's he's kicking butt. Let's go into it. Revelation. We're gonna be starting in. There's six verses. We're gonna be breaking down a lot here for six verses. I Promise you, we're gonna we're gonna uh, get into some good things here. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. If you got your Bibles there, say amen. Amen. If you just decided to gaze your eyes over to the screens, you can say amen. Amen. Because we have the word of the Lord for you. We try to make it as easy as possible. So verse 1, it says, And to the angel of the church in Sardis write The words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Verse 2, wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Verse 3, remember then what you have received and heard, keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Oh, I'm telling you, man, getting this message together and, and going through this, like just really emphasize the fear of the Lord in my, in my heart. I'm telling you, this, this whole series has to me, for me personally, just re-emphasized the fear of the Lord. Not that we don't have it, but there's times when aspects of God need to just be reminded. You know, that sometimes God's faithfulness, we need to be reminded. And just for me personally, just the fear of the Lord has just been like the... Whew. So uh, verse 4. It says, yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. We can look at ourselves and say, Lord, I'm not worthy, and then there's a time when the Lord is going to look at you and say, you're worthy. But it's conditional worthiness, (laughs) right? I mean, you see all the stuff that happened, right? Verse 5, it says, the one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot out his name out of the book of life. Say amen. Amen. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Verse 6, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And we were just just praying and talking about this and hearing uh, prophetic words about having ears to hear, right, and eyes to see. we got to see and hear. guys ready to break this thing down here? All right, here we go. Let's go ahead and break this down how we've been doing the last few weeks with the description of Christ, the commendation, the rebuke, the solution, the consequence, the promise. So the description of Christ is that he has seven spirits of God and seven stars. That's how he is described as, and you will continually see in in the next two that he has more descriptions, right? I mean, we have an infinite, vast God, and so he's, as the song we sang back in the, was it, Late, early 2000s, indescribable by Tom. Chris Tomlin, yeah. So, I mean, he is, I mean, he's indescribable, right? But he's given us a a few little characters that's describing him, and he's talking about that. Okay, commendation is, he's basically telling them, he's like, look, man, a few of you guys are loyal, you remained true. Few names, few of you, there's always a remnant, right? Always a remnant. In In the midst of, of, of having that, there's always a remnant. We see that throughout Scripture, right? Um, and then we, there's the rebuke. He says, basically, you have dead works, son. Dead works. The solution is we've got to keep the word and repent, right? It's, a, it's the same solution that was given to Ephesus, the first church, is the repent, uh, return, you know, redo those things again. Repent, you know, return to me, repent. It's the same, same solution. Um, and the consequence of disobedience is that he's going to come like a thief, And then he's going to blot out the name from the book of life. (laughs) What? The promise for the conquerors is that um, you'll be clothed in white and your name will never be blotted out. And that he's going to confess your name before the God and angels. Friends, let me ask you this. What good is it if you're famous on earth and heaven doesn't know your name? I'm telling you, if your name... See... It's kind of funny, I was just thinking about this uh, a few weeks ago, how, how there's like this loss of, uh, I remember when I was a kid, like if you were on the radio or if you were on TV, like that was a big deal. Like it was a big deal, like whoa, like I'm serious, like, like if somebody made it on the news, you called everybody that you knew. And you said, you gotta watch the five o'clock news, cause I'm on there. And it could be you were interviewed, maybe you walked by when they were videotaped. <laughs> you know, so I mean there was like there was like this thing where it was like this separate thing. But now with cell phones and social media and TikTok and stuff, everybody can be famous. So there's this, there's this like a lackluster of of wanting to be on TV or being on radio because your name can be known without having, you know, those platforms. But what if the whole earth knows your name, but then your name is never spoken? Heaven, heaven doesn't know it.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm telling you, right? Okay, you guys ready? Ready to break this down here? Okay, we're gonna break it down. We're gonna go into verse one. This is actually really good. You're gonna like this. So, here we go. Verse number one, and he and he says that he has the seven spirits of God, and he's described as the one. Uh, holding the, the seven churches. And so one commentator would write this, and they would say uh, that the seven spirits is actually figurative and that it's actually a description of the one Holy Spirit and, um, and because he's the one who issues the edict to the seven churches. But when I, in my study, when I was doing some studying and some digging, I found out actually in the book of Isaiah chapter 11, um, it provides insight on, the, on what it calls the spirits of God. And there's seven of them. And so I just kind of broke it down. To what uh, You can go back and look at it because it talks about the root of Jesse. And then it goes and it says, and I love the very last one because this is, I believe, I believe this is the, 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 the premise of it all. And so uh, it talks about, you can go there now if you want to look it up while we're, while we're reading this. It talks about the spirit of the Lord. It talks about the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord the fear of the Lord. So the scripture says that Jesus holds the seven spirits and he holds the seven stars. Now we know what the seven stars are, right? Jesus explained it to us because we can be dense and says the seven stars are
1: the churches. Okay. I'm glad somebody was paying attention. (laughs) So
0: So going into kind of this, now it's also referenced, and I want to actually read this, it's also referenced in Revelation chapter 5, verse 6, because we won't actually go into that in this. Now I just want to read this. It says, in between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw the lamb standing as though he'd been slain with seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent unto all the earth. So, You know we're not going to get into like eschatology, blah 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 blah, and then go off on some some tangent on on you know learning about the seven churches and or seven spirits and all this other stuff. But just know this: know that we need all of this, right? We need the Holy Spirit, right? We need the Spirit of the Lord. I need wisdom. I need understanding. I need counsel. I need might. I need knowledge. I need it all, right? So we asking for that, yes, Lord. And we need the fear of the Lord. We need the fear of the Lord. And so, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? So he goes on, he talks about, he holds the seven spirits, he holds the seven stars and all this other stuff. And then continuing in verse one, then he talks about this. And he says, you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Say reputation. Reputation, reputation is how we are perceived by others. You have your reputation, whether you realize it or not. When your name is brought up in in a, in a, in a, in a a crowd of people or, or amongst another person, there is a perception that that person has of you. Right? Like there's a perception that people have of me. And, and it could be a good one or, or it could be a bad one. Right? I mean, you could have a... That's why we try to do our best to walk in character and godliness, because we want to have a good perception, because we're not of our own, we're of Christ, we're representations of Christ, right? The church has a reputation and so this church has a reputation of being alive, vibrant, and flourishing. It looks right. We know that the Bible says that man looks on the outside, but God judges the heart. So you have this church that, is, that looks alive, and it looks vibrant, and it looks like it's doing something, but Jesus says, but you're actually dead. He, you know what? He's almost calling them the living dead. We call this the zombie church. Right? Isn't that what the walking dead, was not that what they were? They were alive, but they were really dead? This church had this reputation of being alive, but they were dead. And so, so when I look at that, I'm thinking, okay, well, what does that look like? Maybe, what does that look like? Like, the, like, like a church that has a huge you know, uh, presentation and, and, and they have big, huge productions and, and, and they're doing all of these good things, but yet, really, to be honest, when, when Jesus pulls away the
1: cover, right. there, there's really shallow Christian living Could be. I'm not
0: I'm not trying to dog a church. I'm not that's not my heart, that's not my job. But I know this. I know that that we've had missionaries come to our come to our country and have seen all that what we're doing for the Lord. And says, and they say stuff like this, like our church can be a mile wide, but it's only an inch deep. <sighs> <laughs> I'd rather be a mile deep <laughs> and an inch wide, right? I mean, right deep in the Lord, right? Just like what was being said, like, like founded in him, like him knowing my name. Heaven's name, when there's, when there's going to be heavens, when you're in heaven and we're all standing before the great white throne and you're hearing these names, you're hearing these names, you may say, I don't even know who, who their name was because they weren't famous here on earth.
1: But heaven knew their name. That's why my wife and I have never desired to have huge flashy ministry, huge flashy this, that, and the other, because that's all a façade. I just want to be faithful, Amen. Just faithful. Zombie Church reputation, they're perceived.
0: How how how? When God's looking at America, how many goats? How many true believers? Right, the goats are right there. They're singing. They're dancing. They're clapping. They're going to stand before the Lord. They're going to say, Lord, have we not done all this in your name? We've done all this in your name. And he will say, I never knew you. They have a perception of being alive, but they're dead. There's a true identity. That's why I love Jesus, because Jesus looks at the very heart of the man. I can come out, and I could have this perception like I'm this good guy, and this, that, and the other, and all this other stuff, and then I could have dead man's bones on the inside, just like Jesus when he rebuked the Pharisees. The kids are praying. You're doing all this. You look all good on the outside. You're dead inside. Sardis had that church. They were that church. Alive, vibrant, looked good, flashy,
1: beautiful, looked all nice, but they were dead. That's rough, huh? That's rough. It's why I think that um, I think like putting on a show is dangerous because, or putting on a, a, a,
0: a face where flossad is dangerous because then you have a perception and then you have to try to continue to meet that perception. I, I believe that that Christians, I believe we should be vulnerable. I believe we should be transparent. I believe we should share our struggles. That's what I believe. I don't believe we need to okay you you gave your life to Jesus and now everything's perfect and buttercups and rainbows and you know and your your pocket just overflows with money all day long, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. That's that shallow gospel, friends. Come on. All right. You guys sit with me. Yeah. Friends, Jesus sees us for what we truly are, our true identity versus our reputation. He knows. And then we're going to go on here to verse two here. And then this is what he says, and this is what's scary. I read this. I was like, oh! talk about fear of the Lord. Look at your neighbor. Say the fear of the Lord. Fear. Say get it. Say get it. Look at him again. Say get it. Get it. Get that thing. Get the fear of the Lord. Because this is what it says in, in verse 2, they, right? He said, right, he sounds them to wake up. Wake up, church. Wake up. Get up out of that spiritual coma. Wake up. You're heading towards death. You're almost there. You're about to die. He says, he says you know, you're, 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 you're sleeping. You're about to die. Wake up. Come on. Hello. Wake up. And what's really crazy is that if you know anything about history in Sardis, they've actually uh, had uh, two different incidences where their watchmen on the walls were asleep and they were invaded by an enemy.
1: Isn't that interesting? They were sleeping and they got invaded. And so Jesus is saying, Hello, wake up.
0: <laughs> what happens when we're sleeping? It's easy for the enemy to slide on in there. So he tells him, Wake up, get out of that spiritual, get out of that spiritual coma, wake up. He's coming back. He's coming back for a complete b- bride without blemish. Right? And he says this, right? And and so this is what this is what's what's very interesting, um, is that he says that their works were incomplete, right? It's like your your works are incomplete in the sight of my God. They're incomplete. So what does that mean? What is un, what, what is what are incomplete works? What is that? Um, I w- I would go ahead and say that um, we got to finish what we start. Like how many projects. <laughs> Men <laughs> or women, how many projects have you started that are still unfinished? <laughs> I've got a bunch of them, right? Um, we had, a, we had a, like a really bad windstorm, and, and like my, uh, my one gutter off the side of my house uh, came down and then come to find out like the wood was rotten under there, so I pulled the flashing down. I replaced the wood. I bought, I bought a new uh, gutter to put on there. The gutter's still sitting in my garage. <laughs> right? I replaced the wood, or replaced the flashing, the water's coming down, but instead of moving it over to where it should, it's just dripping onto the other part of the, the the thing and it's going off to the side. So, right? I mean it's like you started a project and then you're just like, yeah, it still needs to be complete. And so think of this like like in a spiritual sense, you know, he's he's telling them like your works are complete. Like maybe there was, you know, things that they've started, but then they just stopped. You know, and you have, and I think, I think a lot of it has to do, I think there's a spiritual connotation too, where, where people in their spiritual walk, they come to a, a certain place, and then they cease to grow, right? Because what happens is in our, in our spiritual life is God starts digging in us, and then it gets to some place that we have a hard time with letting go, and then we stop growing. Like, oh, Jesus, can I, should I, would I, could I, I think I can I'm going to say this with grace. Can I say this with grace? Like, if there's an area in your life the Lord has talked to you about, but you're unwilling to let it go,
1: then you have paused your spiritual growth with God. Yes. By,
0: you know, by the great, like, I'm, okay, so I'm, I'm going to just use myself for example. So, like, when I first committed my life to Christ, right, when I committed my life to Christ, there were things God started dealing with in me, right? Like the, the, very, the very first thing that he dealt with me with was, was my relationships with women, right? That was the first thing. And so he dealt with that. So then I committed my, my sexuality to Christ, right? And then after that, the next thing that he started dealing with me was my tongue. Like, bruh, like, <laughs> like, I remember I remember getting a rebuke from uh, a man of God. It was he was uh, incredible uh, in my life at the time. Uh, you, probably not, I don't know 18, 19, 20 years old. And uh, and we're we're in FedEx and we're talking about Jesus and we're praising God and all that stuff. And then I have if you ever worked at FedEx or UPS and stuff like that, sometimes they put heavy boxes up top which you're not supposed to. You put supposed to put the heavy boxes on the bottom because what happens is is the trucks they shift. And when you're pulling down boxes, because that thing shifted, as soon as you remove, uh, because there's wall after wall after wall, you remove that, that heavy box comes down and busts you in the face. And I know because it's happened. And so we were praising God, and sure enough, we're unloading this truck, and a box come, and boom, right in my grill. And so I got so mad, and I'm cussing and ranting and kicking boxes. Don't tell FedEx, please don't tell us, kicking their buses around. And uh, I'll tell you, I will never, it's been over 20, plus, it's been 20 plus years, almost 24 years that I remember this rebuke, probably longer than that, maybe, maybe 26 years. This guy says this, he says, Brother Josh, I have a question for you. <laughs> he said, how is it that we can, talking about the Lord and praising God and, and, and all this stuff, and then you change and snap, and then all of a sudden, you're cussing and throwing a fit. He said this, and I, I'm telling you, it spoke life to me. He said, the Bible says, out of the words come both praising and curses. My brothers, it should not be. So I, cool. I was like, huh. You know, talking, you know, and I mean, I, I was a, every other word was the F word type person, right? Um, I mean, I have, I have a reputation of when, we first, when I first started coming around the church and we're playing spades and I'm cussing people out as I'm slapping the cars down and stuff, right? So God started, so I'm just saying this. Long story short, let's make it shorter, is, is, is God begins to deal with areas of our life that don't represent Christ well. And so that was a point where, you know, we're in the valley of the decision. Okay, do I take this and receive this? Do I try to start working on it? And yes, you know. So then, yeah, so then I started working on that. And then after that, it was like the Lord started dealing with me with smoking weed. It's weird. So, so, for, so for all of you guys who are spiritual and over-spiritual, guess what? I was baptized, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and then God started dealing with my weed smoking. And that was like kind of like the last thing like in the line of all the different things he was doing. And he obviously then he's been obviously still doing stuff in 20-some years. But we're talking about the external stuff, right? And uh, that was a, it was a stronghold in my life. It was a, it was a God in my life. Um, I woke up to get high. I went to sleep high. That was an idol and a God. And so he began to deal with these areas in my life. But what happens is, is, is as God's dealing with these things in our life, we can continue to, and it's hard to let go, especially if you've had it in your life for a long time. I'm like, how it was harder for me to let go of weed than it was to let go of women. It was weird. But that was the stronghold. And so I could be, I could say, okay, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. Oh, no, God, not my weed. You made this.
1: It's all natural. I come up with all the excuses. But see, it was an idol for me, right? Like, so the Lord asked for it. So what'd I do?
0: Gave it to him. And I'll tell you what, I haven't touched it since. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. And I haven't had a desire to. And I realized what kind of person I was when I was under the influence of that. And uh, so what I'm saying is, I'm saying when uh, incomplete work, I believe, could be people who come to a point in the, in the redemption process and in the sanctification process where you
1: say, okay, God, can we cut a deal? And when, you, when, I'm, when, I'm reading through, when I'm reading
0: through this, you're going to see why this is so dangerous. It's so dangerous. It's very, very dangerous. Whew. Like I said, man, I've been getting dealt with, y'all. Um, wake up, your works, because he's coming back for what? A complete bride without blemish, holy, radiant, is ready, right? Again, friends, I ain't condemning you if you still smoke weed. Let the Lord deal with you, okay? I'm not condemning you if you have strongholds, if you cuss, whatever. That's you. Okay. I'm talking about my walk, my spiritual walk. Don't compare your walk to mine. Compare yourself to Christ. Don't so ever compare yourself to my walk. Don't compare yourself to your sister, your brother, your cousin, your nephew, your
1: former roommate. Don't so ever do that. Verse three here. Okay, this is why it's so scary.
0: This is what it is. He tells them, he basically says, he says, repent. He's saying, your works are incomplete. Return, finish them, repent if you do not. So he's basically saying an ultimatum. Christ is giving an ultimatum to his church, okay, not to the world. He's giving an ultimatum to the people that claim Christ in their life, right? So we all claim Christ in here, correct? Look at those beautiful babies. Just take a minute to gander. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> they are. How in the world? Yes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great job, Bessie. Look at that. This is what's so scary. He, says, he said, if you don't repent, he said, I'm going to come like a thief. And then he has this little clause at the end of that that scares the daylights out of me. He says, I will come against you. And I'm like, what? Wait, so he's telling the church, if you don't fully obey what I say, you are in opposition of me and now you're my enemy and now I'm going to come against you. And so friends, that's why selfishness is so scary because when Christ is is dealing with you, and he's saying, will you, and you say yes, and you, will you, yes, and you begin to say, well, no, well, God, you know my heart, and you know how, how hard it is, and you know this, that, and the other, and we begin to, to obey our own selfish, sinful desire, friends, then what happens is then we are now
1: saying that our self is more important than our obedience, He told the church like a thief, if you keep playing church and being fake, you're gonna miss my
0: return. He said, I'm gonna come against you. If you're not for Jesus, submitting to him, yielding to him, uh, obeying his commands, instead, you're obeying yourself and your flesh. The scripture says, I don't say this, I don't wish this, I'm just reading this. I will come against you. And then you become his enemy. The church becomes the enemy of God.
1: Who's the Lord? Because in the church, if we're the Lord, then we're his enemy.
0: (laughs) I don't want to preach this, but I have to preach the word. This is his word, friends. Y'all, come on, take this to the bank. This ain't Josh Esther speaking. I'm not coming up with my own ideas, my own agenda. Right? Like this is the truth of his word because friends, it's all, the, why, 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 do, why are we rebuked? Because God rebukes those whom he calls sons. He disciplines his sons and daughters because of his love for us. And he's like, this is the standard. We talked about this last week. This is the standard. If you want to be with me forever, listen, friends, listen to me, friends, listen very carefully. There's never going to be another rebellion in heaven. So if there is an inkling of rebellion in your heart against God, you're not going to be with them. (laughs) That's why we have to fully yield ourselves to him because there's not going to be another rebellion. Come on, can I preach the word here? Is this the truth? Like seriously, like, like everyone who's in heaven is so happy to be there they realize oh, I don't even deserve to be here. And they're gonna be happy for eons being with Christ who redeemed them, loved them, and who saved their soul. And every person who's aparted from him or inside of them was still that thing that wanted themself. And if your desire for yourself is greater than your desire for Christ, then friends, then you'll be dealt with when you stand before him for that. And so that's why I have to yield myself. I'm telling you the fear of the Lord over this message, friends. I'm like, God, <laughs> all of my selfish ways, Lord Jesus,
1: please deal with me now. I don't want to be your enemy. This is tough, right? <laughs> wow. The church can become the enemy of Christ. Do people preach this anymore?
0: Oh, no. we, we used to call that easy believism. Lord. I just need to take a minute. Sorry, guys. It's like heavy. Who, Lord. God, this is your rebuke to your church, God. We need to yield ourselves fully and wholly committed to you, God, Jesus. That's what the separation of the sheep and the goats are, Lord. The sheep were willing. The goats were not. Lord, if we have goat-like tendencies, deal with us, God, deeply. Deal with me deeply, Lord, as you have been. Jesus' name. Verse 4. It's ready to, go to the next verse. Like, let's move on here. Verse four. Verse four, friends. Um, that's what we were actually talking about, right? Incomplete works. Um, we need the Holy Spirit active in our lives. But but then also he he goes on. and He says this. He talks about this remnant. There's always a remnant. There's always a people. Every you're looking in the in the scriptures. You're looking at every letter. There's there's parts where where it's like they didn't bow, right? They didn't believe what 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 that woman Jezebel was doing. They didn't they didn't deal, they didn't start believing like the Nicolaitans. Like so, as as he's having rebuke inside uh, uh, the complexity of each church are people a remnant who say no. So friends, we're going to see in the end times. It says many are going to fall away. There's going to be lots of beliefs and lots of doctrine. But there's going to be a remnant that say, I believe the word of the Lord over every other thought, over every other belief, over every other teaching. So friends, when people are saying things and it sounds new and it sounds uh, itching to your ears, it sounds like, ooh, like friends, like when I hear new teaching, you got to take it to the word. You got to, you got to take it. We just, we just uh, read, was it last week or the, or the week, the, the secrets. Like, the, like somebody might come and be like, let me tell you this new secret revelation. And Jesus says it was of Satan. Because yeah. yeah. really, to be honest, nothing is new under the sun. Right? Every, every, any, any kind of revelation of, of cool things that we now have ever seen of God revealed to us, I guarantee you there's somebody on this planet that had that same one at some point in, in time. Right? And if you had some sort of new cool thing, guess what? Solomon probably had it too. <laughs> right? Because he knew everything almost. All right. So there's always a remnant. And, he go, and, and, and this is the thing. He, he says that, um, that their works were incomplete. And so, like I said, I believe that, that the completion has to do with our spiritual lives. But then it also has to do with like, our work here on the planet. Like, like We're called to a holy work of preaching the gospel, friends. Like, like our works, you know, like it's, it's, it's interesting because there's, there's little nuggets of certain things. Uh, the scripture talks about that actually that when we preach the gospel around the world, it actually says that it quickens his return. Isn't that interesting? It quickens the return of Christ. So there's like, so it's like he's not done yet. So if he's not done, then we're not done. So we just got to keep doing what we're doing, right? And so it's why we're trying to preach the gospel in our little, on our little wall. Like like Nehemiah, we're building, we're building, we're building, right? Building the kingdom. So we need our works. uh, We need the Holy Spirit to be at work in us, right? Amen. Come on. Um, The work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is righteousness and holiness, and it progress. uh, And the progression of that, that's why the Scripture says that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. You know, we don't fear man. The Bible says, do not fear man who can kill you, but fear God who can destroy both your soul and your spirit in hell. And so the fear of the Lord is is the is the guardrail. It's the the fear of the Lord should be God, I don't ever want to be away from you. Like that's what the fear of the Lord should be in your life. Like like you're like I don't ever want to do anything to offend my God and be away from you. Like that's I think the most purest form of the fear of the Lord. It's like because of his amazing awesome infinite being i don't want to offend him by my own sinful nature and so i'm i'm doing my best to present myself holy and pleasing to him and i don't ever want to be away from him right and there's nothing that compares to him so like the fear of the lord is like you were never we're never we're never going to overthrow him like right like so scary for all of those people in churches who uh try to overthrow pastors and all other stuff who, Lord, have mercy on us, right? All right. Um, So we need death to the flesh. Look at your neighbor, say death to the flesh. Now help them die, help them crucify by pointing out all their flaws. No, don't do that. (laughs) We need to be built up in the holy faith, right? We don't need to be tearing each other down, right? I mean, mean, that would suck. Like if every time you see him, you're like, my man, Jeremy, love you, bro. You got to work on that being late all the time, right? Like, what if we're, like, <laughs> I said that to him because it's something that I deal with, right? Like, seriously, like, I've, I've been, <laughs> <laughs> bro, I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been praying for that, that, that beautiful, nice word called punctuality, just had, hasn't set. I'm, I'm praying it, praying the Lord's like, you know, so it'll set over my life. Yeah, see, that's an excuse. I can do. I can have all the excuses. That's right. I have four kids. I like to sleep. <laughs> I need to take showers before my meetings. <laughs> right, that, right? Come on. Right? We got to build each other up. Right? Build each other up. So, so let's build each other up in the holy faith so that we can, right, we're called to finish this race together, right? So if somebody falls, if one part of the body is hurting, we're helping them up. Why? Not because we want accolades or pat on the back, because we want to go through that finish line with them. We want to bring people along with us. We want to cross that finish line. We want people to cross. So many people started that race. A lot of people fell off. There's people that are tired. They're almost to the end. Come on, let's help them, friends. Let's get them to the end. Come on, that's what the church is called to do. Let's finish that work. Let's finish that race. If the the works are incomplete, let's finish them. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Okay. Verse 4, that was verse 4. Now let's go on to verse 5. And he talks about the conquerors. We love this part. It's always the, the promises of the conquerors. Thank you, Lord. It says that they will be clothed with white, never blotted out of the book of life. Now, I have to challenge uh, that, that just that, though, that word, those words, the way that that's worded in the Bible, to me, challenges all the once-saveders. Like, like, the people that believe once saved, always saved, like, why would they say your name will never be blotted out unless your name can be blotted out, <laughs> right? Like, like, what, like, there's a distinction. Like, that's why you got to read the scripture. You got to study. Like, like, why would he use that term? Why wouldn't he just say, and your name is in the book of life forever? No, he says your name will not be blotted out, meaning there's people that receive the salvation. They receive the, the things of the Lord. They, their name gets written, Right? All of heaven is praising because they return, but in some odd reason, on their course of their journey of coming to the Lord, by the end of their life, they decide to depart the faith,
1: and then their name gets blotted out. That's scary, y'all. You do your best to keep your name in that book,
0: right? Don't Don't worry about anything. Keep your name in that book. Conquerors, right, clothed with white, name never blotted out. Yes, come on, let's conquer. What do we have to conquer? What do we got to conquer? Yourself. You got to conquer your flesh. You got to conquer that sinful nature. You got to conquer habitual sin. You got to conquer yourself. Your whole life, conquering yourself. There's nothing wrong with fighting, right? Just don't tell God no. Like Don't make, don't make excuses. Don't make deals. Say, yes, Lord Jesus and 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 just like hand it over right like and 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 there's and there's sometimes that we need deliverance can i say that like like if you have something you've been struggling with for a long time there may be a demonic
1: stronghold we need to break that we may need to pray and break that thing right who he says and then he says this i love this he says i will confess
0: his name before heaven uh, as, as we're, as we're uh, talking about that real quick, let's just jump on over to uh, Luke chapter 9. I just want to read this because this is what's so cool. He says, he's going
1: to confess your name before God and the angels. How beautiful is that? I mean, can you imagine? You're standing before him, and there's Jesus standing at the right hand. And he looks and he's like, Joshua Hester. I'm like, come
0: on down, you're the next contestant. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You know, you thought they was happy. Boy, wait till you see heaven. They're gonna be running. They're gonna be happy.
1: We're gonna fall on our fall. We're gonna cast our crowns before them. It's gonna be beautiful. It says this. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through
0: 26. This just reemphasizes all this stuff. Jesus is telling his disciples. He says this, and he said to all, he says, if, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Right? This is everything
1: I'm talking about, right? Take up his cross daily. Follow me. What's the cross? Right? It's
0: whatever it is that, that, is, that you have to carry and burden and, and, and do, right? That's you, like this flesh is a cross, your sinful nature is a cross, right? All the cares of this world, everything that you, that you have to pick up and carry that's not going to drag you away from Christ is your cross. Because that cross will try to drag you away from Christ. So you have to pick it up so that you can follow him. Don't get stuck, don't stop. That's what he says. He says he must deny himself, pick up that cross daily and follow. For... Whoever will save his life will lose it because that's what's going to happen. People are going to try to save their life. And we're going to see that in the end times. When, when, the, when the man of lawlessness is giving him that good deal, he's like, look, just a little name right here around your forehead, around your, right on your arm, right your hand. You get all the goods. It's a good deal. Take it. Now, realizing that they're, com- that they're, they're committing themselves to the enemy and denying the Lord. For whoever would save his life, or, you know, there's times, you know, there, there, there may be a time where, where it's like, what are you going to choose? Are you going to save your life, or are you, you going to let it go? For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake. We're not just talking about losing your life for no reason at all. We're talking about losing your life for the sake of Christ. We'll save it for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Another translation will say, well, What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Verse 26, For whoever is ashamed of me, Listen, young people. I believe there's a huge thing that in, in America that's making people not want to share their affiliation with Christ. Lord, bring a revival where, where young people are no longer, where they're not ashamed of the gospel. For whoever is ashamed of me, and it's hard, friends, because there's so many different things. You're going to college, and, and you have professors that are calling out Christians and saying that, that, that they're losers, and, and, and people who are uh, theists are, are, you know, are, you know, idiots, and all this other stuff. So, so it's very easy to shrink back. It's very easy to just shut your mouth. Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when... And he comes in his glory and of the Father and the Holy Angels. So, so when we, oh God. So when we stand before the Lord, and we're standing before him, you're either going to hear your name gloriously proclaimed to the angels and to our God. Or you're going to stand before there. Stand before him.
1: And you're going to be embarrassed because you know you didn't do what you're supposed to do. And he's going to be silent. Hearing everybody's name proclaimed. And you're waiting for your name to get shouted out. He's not gonna do it.
0: Y'all, come on, man. (laughs) Tell me this ain't rough. But this is truth, right? Mm. I pray that this is a prophetic word, a prophetic call of of the church back to our rightful place as sons and daughters. and in alignment with Christ, it submitted and yielded to him. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do about all this? Oh, verse 6 here. Let me tell you that real quick. Verse 6. We, friends, we just want to have open hearts because he says to him who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So we want to have open hearts to respond and receive. We want to have open ears to hear. And we want to have open eyes to see the truth, right? We're vision ministries, vision church, right? Vision, seeing, like open your eyes. Like be open to the truth, Okay. So what are we going to do? Two things real quick here. We'll end here. Number one, friends, we need to marry our words with our attitude and actions. That's our reputation. He, talk, he said basically, basically he, t- he told the church, he said, your reputation is not where it's supposed to be. You look alive, but you're dead. So how do you do that? You got to marry. I used to say this. This is, how, this is how I used to word it at our South little campus. I said, you got to marry your church life with your home life. Because what happens is, uh, is a lot of people, they come to church, they're praising God. They're getting in the Holy Ghost. They got the Holy Ghost stomp going on. But then they're going home and living like the devil. Yeah. So like I used to say, you got to marry your church life with your home life. Like if you're up here praising God, saying praise God every time somebody sees your brother. But how you doing? Praise the Lord. Like that life needs to be at home too. Yeah. Okay. So in the same context, our words are so like, yes, I'm of Christ. I love Jesus. Do you? Then do it. Right? Be doers of the word, not hearers. So the reputation. Then number two, friends, our job is to prepare ourselves, and I didn't put this in there, but it is, and others for Jesus. Like, you're not preparing people for Josh. Like, seriously, like, you're not preparing, like, like this journey together is all meant
1: for us to be ready for our bridegroom. Right? That's a complete work. Completion of the work
0: is being prepared. Preparing ourselves and doing our best to prepare others. And so that's why we do our very best to preach the truth, to love on people, to be salt and light to Northwest Ohio, to worship the Lord, to praise him, to, to give him all of our stuff, to give him everything we have, to you know purchase property in Waterville so that we can be a beacon of hope and light in this area. We're
1: doing all of this stuff to complete the work of Christ on this earth. Let's pray. Lord, we want to say thank you for your word. God, it's your
0: word, and it's not Josh's word. Um, it's not a, a book that was written by another man. God, it's your word, and it's, it's your letter that you wrote to your church, and Lord, I thank you that we have the opportunity, as and it's very challenging, God, to, to read these letters and to see what you saw in each and every one of these churches and then make it applicable to ourselves to say, yeah, that's still happening. <laughs> that's still us. And so, Lord, each and every day, uh, I want to say thank you for showing up in in such a powerful manner today, uh, which made uh, a spoonful of sugar make the medicine go down, because, uh, Lord, you're calling us uh, up. You're calling us up. You're calling us deeper. You're calling us to to holiness. You're calling us to really live this thing and and to not be phonies and not to be fake. And uh, that doesn't mean being perfect. That means being... Flawed and, and falling, and but yet in humility and grace, coming before your throne again and again and again and again. And not pretending like we have it all together or have all the answers or that we're better than anyone, but Lord, that we actually consider others better than ourselves and walk in humility. And Lord, that is the true gospel. So, Lord, we thank you, God. Let your gospel, God, in its uh, truest and purest form, be proclaimed across this nation across this world, Lord, not with selfish ambition, God, not with with, uh, a vain conceit, God, not with uh, selfish um, ideas behind them to, to manipulate people out of money or goods or resources or stuff or to make a name for ourselves. But Lord, we want to make the name of Christ famous. That's our heart. You see our hearts. You know me. You know my prayer. You know this church. God, it truly is our heart's desire to make your name famous. May the name of Jesus be famous, Lord. We want to shout your name throughout this land. And God, and we boldly proclaim our affiliation and our association to Christ, and we're not going to be ashamed. So Lord, if there's been fear of man in our hearts that have kept us from speaking or declaring or proclaiming you in any fashion where where there's been tugs in our hearts to do so, I rebuke that fear in the name of Jesus, and I command that we would speak out and proclaim your gospel boldly, Lord, in a loving way. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we have people around us that need you. We still need you. <laughs> God, I need you. Just take a moment, friends, as we're um, ending, we'll give you just a, a few more moments. I know we went a little over. We had a great worship set. Just take a few moments. Just It's always good when we're in the house of the Lord to just make sure we're in right standing with him.
1: So Go ahead and take a few moments and do that. Lord. Confess your faults once or another. Pray for one another. You'll be healed. Thank you, Lord. God, remove pride
0: from my life. <laughs> Trying to do it my own or or God, when I need help, I'm just
1: don't ask. Or God, remove that. God, remove anger. <laughs> And
0: that's a, an emotion that maybe gets triggered by unmet expectations, people, stuff not going my way, rooted in selfishness. God, remove that selfishness. Yes, God, I'm a selfish person, Lord.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm just saying, Lord, I'm selfish. God, I just repent of selfishness. I don't. I I, I, I lay that at the cro- at the altar. I lay that at the cross of Christ. I want to be. A, a servant. God, every every form of lust, God, every form, God, that desire for the thing that we don't have, whether it's sexual, whether it's a lifestyle, whether it's anything, anything, a person, a, an object. God, remove all lust of the flesh. The three things, lust of the eye, pride of life. Lord and. Lust of the flesh, that's what it is. Lust of flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Remove these from our life, God. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, the pride of life. In Jesus' name. Friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May he be gracious unto all of us. May the Lord turn his face towards you, and may he give you peace. We need that peace, amen. In Jesus' name, amen.